0: Welcome to the opportunity for a personal spiritual growth experience with the Sue Curran Podcast, a podcast all about leading you into understanding the ways and heart of God. Pastor Sue shares from her decades of experience as a founding pastor, author, teacher, and world missionary. The goal is that you receive practical spiritual insights that you can apply to your life at home, church, and place of business. And now, your host, Dr. Sue Curran. Hello, everyone. I don't know about you, but I feel that these are exciting days and they're getting better all the time. You know, for a while we heard so much that was negative, and there was, it seemed that there was always a a sort of a fear and an oppressive way that people were talking. I think more than anything else, because we didn't really know and we don't really know now, but I think we've lived long enough to be able to read some of the signs I was listening to. I think it was 60 Minutes the other night and uh, <clears throat> a man who's, who takes care of the big money decisions in America was being asked the question, so do you think that we're about to break into our new day? And because he said it looked like all signs is that we were going up and the financial outlook was good. And he said, well, we don't wanna say too much too soon, but there are some hopeful things. So I am very glad about that. And I'd be glad to see people as they return back to church and back to studies and more than anything else, back to their various mission fields and whatever work that the Lord has called them to do. And I'm just glad that we can have an opportunity to talk about the things that I believe the Holy Spirit is telling us that are important today. By the way, I was going to have Mike and Kay Chance uh, on the program today, and we were going to talk about faith uh to build something for god because both the chances and ourselves have um we've built a work from nothing um and when i talk about building the work i don't mean that you know just in a sense that we're getting people together and doing the will of god but that literally We are involved in building buildings and placing infrastructure in place. And so we did this the same time back in about 1973 and 1974. So we have been good friends since Judson Cornwall introduced us. And I want you to hear from them the marvelous ways that God undertook for them and did many kinds of miracles for them as he did us, and we're going to be sharing that together. That might be maybe three or four podcasts down the way, but you will be hearing probably uh, two sessions from them. That will be very exciting. There was a little problem with the internet over where they are, and so I'm going to be sharing something today that I have been planning to share with you when I had opportunity to just simply take that time and release to you from my heart something very important that I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying to his church today, complete with directions and some hopefully wisdom and understanding about how to go forward. From this point, there were many people who seemed to be prophesying, or at least prognosticating, that somehow everything is going to be so different after the brunt of the COVID attack uh, that they thought you would hardly even recognize the church. Now, and I do believe the church is going to be different, and I'm among those who say, Thank God for that, because we needed some changes in our churches, and uh, I hope that we can pray for each other as we begin to implement some of those changes. You know that when this work began in 1973, it was the time of um, the Jesus Movement and that truly was a revival. It started out on the West Coast. And uh, it ended up coming out to the, to the East Coast um, to some Catholic priests. It started out with some hippies over on the West Coast. And God pretty much covered the whole gamut of um, personality and culture groups. It just shows what kind of God we have, that he loves everybody, and Jesus died for the whole world, if we ever remember that, he died for the sins of the whole world, he didn't die for any denomination or any group of people, but Jesus loves people, and when that happened, my husband and I were in a denominational church, and I've told you some about this story, so I won't rehearse that again, But let me just say that I'm going to get to the point of sharing with you that I believe that God is saying something that's going to be fresh and new to people. It will seem to us as though we've never even heard of this before because of the newness that's going to come with it and because of the desperation that we all feel uh, to get into the next thing that God wants to say to us you know I preached a message recently on pruning and uh, had read a wonderful article by Lee Grady where he was talking about pruning and here was the concept was as we had gone through this pandemic there's much good that's going to come out of it And God had a purpose in it, no matter what the devil's purpose was, God had a purpose. And his purpose was that it was time for there to be a pruning in the church. And I'm not going to talk about pruning today, and I know you're relieved at that. But I do want to share with you, before I go any further, that God has pruned away some things now so that we can be more free to go into the fresher thing that I'm going to be sharing with you today. The, the pruning is just simply means, and by the way, it's biblical, it's not something, it's not bad news, It's not something to be afraid of. If you want to read John chapter 15, for example, Jesus explains that a true that vines have to be pruned, So that they can bear good fruit and so that their fruit can remain. And it is the will of God. If we bear fruit, he said, we will be pruned so that we can bear more fruit, much fruit, and that our fruit will remain. Some people maybe don't believe that or they're at least not willing to be submitted to that. But that's the way God works. He lets us grow for a while and then. He says, okay, it's time for some changes now. It's time to get this deadwood out. It's time to give them more room to grow. And we're going to have to do a little pruning work here. You know that pruning, when a bush or a tree is being pruned, it doesn't look good at all. In fact, it's ugly. And you know, I think for a while the church hasn't looked very great. It looks like it's going through a crisis, which it has been. It looks like it's suffering some loss, which it has, but it's suffered loss in the will of God, and God knows exactly what he's doing with all of that. Recently, I was looking at the T.D. Jakes program, and there was nobody there in that huge auditorium that he was preaching to. Perhaps he had, oh, half a dozen people who were there to say amen. Amen. But the congregation was no longer there, and the situation looked so different. And I thought, just like he said about pruning, things don't look good when they're being pruned. And if we're not willing to go go through some of those seasons, then we can never step out into the better and then the best seasons that God has for us. Now, so let me begin now with, you know, when we came into the work of the ministry— God had something fresh to say to us. Fresh is the word I use, but I guess I meant to say foreign. Something that I had never even known about before. I didn't, it it was almost like the truth had been hidden from me for many years. I'm talking years. And um, I didn't know what God had been doing in the church. I was in a denominational church that at one time was very alive and very powerful, but it had outlived its liveliness. And now it was going into that place where so many churches go into the place where they almost become a museum after a time that they have at one time uh, been so powerful and such a demonstration However, this is the cycle of things. You'll find it all through the word of God, both Old Testament and New Testament. Men have to be revived from time to time or they will die on the vine. Without a fresh infusion of the life of the spirit of God, then we do find out after all that what he promised us is that the flesh can't do anything. We need the spirit. That's absolutely true. We will try to do it in the flesh. That comes very natural to us. But we don't really accomplish anything until we regain the working power of the Holy Spirit. And that's when the work can be done. So when this happened to us and God spoke to us because by his great grace, he allowed me to be involved. In revivals, very shortly after I was born again, I started giving my testimony. Then after that, I started teaching the word of God. And then I started sharing with people in denominational churches how they could have the Holy Spirit, how they could be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there were many people that were ready to receive that truth. And many people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I began to teach about how he works and how he empowers us to do the work that God wants done. That work that God wants to do is never going to be done by the flesh. It's never going to be done by people. The building of the church of the living God has to be done by the Holy Spirit. The reason is, it's a supernatural work the church is supernatural. Don't ever get the idea that the church is some sort of a religious social club that God blesses. That's not what it is at all. It, is, it was created on the day of Pentecost by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. After Jesus ascended back into heaven, he said he sent back the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit invaded the believers that were there waiting for him. On the day of Pentecost, they were full of the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with tongues and other gifts began to flow through them. And within just a short number of years, the known world was converted to Jesus Christ because of the great empowerment of the wonderful Holy Spirit. And the Lord's been speaking to my heart for the past oh number of months, a year perhaps, <clears throat> that it's that it is time for there to be a revisitation of that mighty outpouring, and that he's going to reinvest himself in people, in church that will be submissive and obedient and are hungry, and he's going to reinvigorate people and re-empower us so that we can come alive again, because the church uh, all over the world, really, but especially in America, has been weakening. It's been dwindling. Uh, The church has not been working in the power that it once did in america every year for the past several years the number of truly committed christians has been going down down the percentage of americans that go to church on sunday has been going down but that has not affected those of us that are madly in love with jesus And want nothing else in life but to have more of him and to share that more with other people. We simply have been seeking his face and waiting for his time that he will tell us what is the next step that he's going to take because he always will return again to rescue his people from the mess that the flesh will bring us into. So, It's very good to know uh, Jesus, you know, he's, he's a rescuer. I love that picture of Jesus as he reaches over the, uh, over a a large cliff and there's, there's a little lamb there that needs to be rescued or it will be destroyed. And he is reaching over all by himself Uh, enduring the danger that's involved in it. He's reaching over to get this one lonely, uh, fearful sheep and restore it back again into the fold. And I believe we're going to see him do that in, in so many situations. We're going to see such great revival. I think it's going to begin very soon. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is about. And there was really no need for the Holy Spirit to be poured out afresh until we got to this place of desperation because we would have been so tied up in other things that we wouldn't have had time to receive him and to receive Jesus through him. And so because the time is exactly right now, He's beginning to move again, but for, before he moves, and this is a pattern with the Holy Spirit, he always sends the teaching of the truth before him, before he comes, before he begins to move, so that you will recognize him when he comes, and you will be able to embrace him and to do what he wants you to do to allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. And I was so pleased. I'm not really sure how far we're going to get today in our podcast, but I know that these are things that I'm going to teach you from my heart today. These are not carefully prepared notes. or It's not something that I've taught before. Uh, it's not some class that I've taught in any Bible school or anything like that. This is what the Holy Spirit is saying to my heart today. I simply organized it just a little bit with the hope that you would be able to keep a handle on it better and be able to walk in the truth of it. Now, when we came, when I heard God's call and our life changed completely, we Left the denominational church because God spoke to us to build a church that uh, would be empowered by the Holy Spirit, that would be led by the Holy Spirit, that would flow in the gifts of the Spirit, and that would rescue pal- people by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit then, but I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was going places and preaching revivals, and God was moving beautifully and mightily. And really, I just had to stand and say, when I looked around me and saw what God was allowing me to do, this is what I was born for. I knew that I had stepped into the place that God had made for me. For however long it was that in the mind of God, his purpose was there. And now he had brought me together with his time and purpose and had spoken to me. This is what I want you to do. And this is what I've been preparing and equipping you for. You know, I had an unusual kind of life. I won't take our time for what I want to teach today by going back through that again but my life wasn't easy. My father was an alcoholic <clears throat> and um, I went through some real difficulties uh, growing up and I know what it is uh, to have to deal with things that are not easy and I know what it is to need to be rescued. And uh, so when the Lord placed this call on my life, actually was wonderful too that my husband had also had a similar experience. His parents were divorced. His father had been an alcoholic, or excuse me, his stepfather had been an alcoholic. His father died when he was just a very small child. And but he it gave him a compassion as well as I had a compassion for people who are left alone, people who need to be delivered and set free and who need to have a new lease on life. And so we embarked on this work. We bought the property that the Lord called us to, where he wanted us to build uh, what would become a church, a conference center, a through K-12 academy, a three-year Bible school, and a place to keep uh, people that would from all over the nations of the world that we'd be attending, uh, our Bible school. And they are planted in many nations of the world. And to this day, they come back and visit with us and we keep keep up with the things that they are involved in because everywhere they went, um, they took the DNA of what God had taught us here. And so they were able then to teach others about prayer and worship and revival and the gifts of the Spirit and flowing in those gifts and being free in the church to set other captives free. So as we embarked upon this work, uh, I realized and recognized that if we did this work by the Spirit, We had to come to know the Holy Spirit and how he works. We had to know how to tap into his power and how to let it flow through us. Funny thing is that many people think that they can build a work for God and it can be spiritual and powerful without knowing about the Holy Spirit. I was trying to think the other day who wrote a book about the Holy Spirit maybe 10 years ago. The title of the book was The Holy Spirit, The God I Never Knew. I'm not going to say who I think the author was because I don't want to miss it. Um, And I haven't read that book. I just thought the title was wonderful. The thing is, we've heard about the Holy Spirit, but really and truly for many church people, even the Holy Spirit is the God they never know <clears throat> because the Holy Spirit is treated as some sort of an influence or some sort of a, an entity that sort of moves around and maybe occasionally might do a miracle, never as what whom, whom he is, which is a person. He's the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit is God, the Father is God, the Holy Spirit is God, Jesus is God, they are all, they they are the three parts of the Trinity, and they are inseparable, except they have separate identities, and they each have separate purposes. And jobs to do in accomplishing what God wants to do on this earth. Isn't it thrilling to you to know that this does these things don't just happen, but God has a plan. And he wants you to be a part of it. He wants you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that you will then have the Holy Spirit in you and you will be empowered uh, to do the things that god wants you to do and without the holy spirit we won't be empowered our flesh (laughs) cannot do the things that the church needs to do today it's impossible for example we can't even convict people of sin our lives might have a good effect in having a testimony that people can see but we don't have the power to cause them to want to repent but that's what the Holy Spirit can do. He knows, he knows exactly how to do that. And he works through us and with us to accomplish these things. Well, let's see how far we can get into this subject. I think it's going to be very thrilling as God opens it up. I know you've had a lot of teaching on the Holy Spirit, have you? Well, let's see. Now I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1969. I was born again in 1967. I've prayed for numerous people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I've been teaching on the Holy Spirit for many, many years. Uh, But I just want to say to you that the Lord has revealed to me something fresh, and powerful about the Holy Spirit that will make you see and experience the Holy Spirit in a completely different and powerful way. If you simply get hold of this and apply it, it's going to change your life. That is a fact. That's what revelations are for. And that's why God from time to time, by the way, if you study the word of God, you'll find that revelation is progressive. And he is, pro- he is progressing now with the revelation of the Holy Spirit to teach us something, some things that we never knew. Or if we knew them, we didn't know them well enough to implement them. Or if we implemented them, we made enough mistakes that it didn't really work out very well for us. And I feel that the Holy Spirit is speaking again, revealing himself, God is allowing us to have fresh understanding that will be powerful and that will be used in healing and building and delivering and doing all the things that God wants to do to set the captives free. You know that the Holy Spirit has been revealed progressively beginning in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit was there When the world was created, he was brooding over the waters before God said, let there be light. But all kinds of things the Holy Spirit did do as he would come from time to time. But on the day of Pentecost, which we will be celebrating shortly, Jesus himself said that he would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This was absolutely a new day on the earth, and it was a new day because the church was breathed into being by the power of heaven on the day of Pentecost. And this is actually referred to as the Spirit of Christ. And Jesus himself said that when he returned to the Father, after he was resurrected, he would send the Holy Spirit. (laughs) He could not send the Holy Spirit until he returned back to heaven himself. In other words, Jesus had to ascend before the Holy Spirit could descend. And it was the spirit of the glorified Christ that he sent back to the earth. If you read John chapter 16, especially. It's very important chapter that tells many of the things the Holy Spirit was sent to do. The Holy Spirit was sent because the day of Pentecost was fully come. And it was God's choice to create the church of the living God on earth through the power and gifts of the Holy Spirit. There cannot be a powerful church like the one created at Pentecost unless it has the fullness of the Holy Spirit working in it. For years, I had heard the term fullness, and I didn't have a clue what it meant, fullness of the Holy Spirit. but Through the things that I'm going to be teaching in these lessons on the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be sharing with us what it means for the church to operate in fullness and for you to have fullness in your life. You can have just a little movement of the Spirit. That's what so many churches do have, what so many people do have. I think it was Moody who said, we get filled with the Holy Spirit, but we leak. Because if we don't stay before the Lord, and if we don't have regular times before him, then we're not going to be full of the Spirit. And the scripture tells us to be aglow with the Spirit is actually the word. I think someone wrote a book by that title, um, back in that Jesus revival in the 70s. That's, Thank God for that revival, because that's when the light was turned on in my heart and mind. And I came to understand what the Holy Spirit wanted to do through me and with me. And Jesus said that in John 16, that when he when the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. And he would take the things of Jesus and reveal them to us. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, sometimes we have some idea when we read the word. We feel good about it. We're happy about it. We feel somewhat informed. But to really have the things of Jesus revealed to us, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. No teacher can do that for you, no matter how smart, intellectual, no matter how many um, languages he he has studied. None of that is going to bring revelation of Jesus. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need him. That's why we need need not to grieve him and not to quench him, because he's the only hope that we have to truly understand God and the things of God. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would actually lead us. And this is how it would be now that we're the sons of God. We're led by the Spirit of God, the scripture says. We should have the expectation to be led by him. And I promise you, we can dream up more mistakes without the Holy Spirit. That we'll need so many healings and miracles just to cover the mistakes we make if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. But if we allow him to lead us, then we, we won't fail. We won't have to do the work over again. And we will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. He promised that the Holy Spirit would remember that the Holy Spirit would convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Try to convict the world of sin yourself. Really? Have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried doing the work of the Holy Spirit for a little while? You meet up with your your elderly auntie that you haven't seen in years, and she's never known Jesus, and you feel like because you know Jesus now, oh, you're going to tell her how to be saved, and she's going to be so thankful, and and she's going to be so glad that you taught her that. And then you find after talking to her an hour that she has just completely rejected what you said, and now you feel like she's even maybe rejected you. Well, that's the kind of things we can do when we try to convict people of sin. No, just introduce them to Jesus. Just show them Jesus. And Jesus will then bring the Holy Spirit If you're full of the Holy Spirit as you talk to people, then that spirit begins to speak to people and they can be convicted. But without him, all we do most of the time is put people under condemnation or confusion. But if we will stay in touch and full of the Holy Spirit, then we can do this work. Now, as I'm going through this, you ask yourself the question, am I living this way? If not, this is what Sue is trying to get me to reach for today, to reach out and take hold of these truths and now begin to walk in this and say, oh, I don't have to have this sense of failure and weakness. I can begin to minister in the Holy Spirit and power. Wow, this has been a fantastic conversation so far. Thank you so much for listening to the first part of my conversation with my special guests. Tune into episode two to hear the rest of our conversation. You've been listening to the Sue Curran podcast. Join us next time as Dr. Curran shares more insights through interviews and teachings geared to help you grow in your relationship with the true and living God and function in a more productive and powerful way.